know about y'all, but I've already had church and I think the only thing left for me to do is to get a benediction and go home because I've already heard the message. Lord have mercy. My name is Elder Clifton and it is a privilege and an honor to stand before you today and to just be amongst family and to have an opportunity to share a word from God. Uh, I want to thank my wife, no, who could not be here today, and my daughter. Um, but she gave me the okay on my sermon today, and also I, 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 I sent it to her even though she's out of town. And, um, and of course she sent it back with all kinds of red lines. And, And I received it. And uh, yesterday my daughter called and she prayed with me. And this morning my wife called and she prayed with me. And I got my other daughter and all that has returned home all the way from Israel. And she's back safely. And so Christy, it's good to see you. Amen. 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 And so I, I promise I won't be before you no longer than what the Lord has put in me. Get out of me. Amen. So when you talk about faith, we want to talk about faith today. In fact, we want to talk about be strong in your faith. And so when you talk about faith, I suppose you could pull out your cell phones and ask Siri to give you a definition of, of faith. And Siri will probably give you the definition that she gave me is a complete trust or confidence in someone or something. We have faith in all kinds of things. We have faith in our, our spouse, our children, our sisters. We have faith in our jobs. We have faith in the police office. We have faith in our homes, in our military forces. We have faith in our money, in cars, security systems, our gated communities, our weight loss programs court rulings, exercise. We have faith in all kinds of things. Even a chair. Because I noticed that every last one of you, when you came in, you didn't check the chair to see if it was all right. You just took a seat not knowing whether or not the seat was going to hold you or not. You just flopped yourself down in that chair. And you had enough faith to believe that that chair was going to do what it was supposed to do. But Strong Tower, we need to be strong in our faith when it comes to believing in Jesus as our Lord and the Word of God. And in Hebrew 
Hebrews chapter 1, verse 1, I mean 11, verse 1, we find this definition of faith. Faith is the confidence that what we hope for will actually happen. It gives us assurance about things we cannot see. But let me put a pen right here because I really want to share another verses 21 through 28. Matthew chapter 15 verses 21 through 28. Be strong in your faith. And when you, if you're there, say amen. If you're not, say hold up. All right. And you'll find these words. Then Jesus went out from there and departed to the region of Tyre and Sidon. And behold, a woman of Canaan came from that region and cried out to him, saying, have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David. My daughter is severely demon-possessed. But he answered her, but he answered her not a word. And his disciples came and urged him, saying, Send her away, for she cries out after us. But he answered and said, I was not sent except to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Then she came and worshipped him, saying, Lord, help me. But he answered and said, It is not good to take the children's bread and throw it to the little dogs. And she said, Yes, Lord. Yet even the little dogs eat the crumbs which fall from their master's table. And Jesus answered and said to her, O woman, great is your faith. Let it be to you as you desire. Strong power, we have to be strong in our faith. Let us pray. Father, we thank you right now that we have an opportunity to come before you and to leave it all at the throne. Lord, you paid it all for us. Thank you that when, we, when you look down at us, you don't see our sins, but you see the blood of Jesus. And you say to us, come to me, my child. Thank you that you love us so much that you give us examples time after time after time on ways that we can increase and be strong in our faith. So Lord, help me now as I stand before your people.
May the people of God receive the word of God through the man of God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. The scene here opens with Jesus' journey from Galilee to Tyre and Sidon, a Phoenician, Phoenician cities located about 30 to 50 miles north of Galilee on the coastal plains between the mountains of Lebanon and the Mediterranean Sea. Seaport cities known for their trade. This is the land that could not be conquered by Joshua, according to Joshua 13, verses 3 and 4. This was a pagan Gentile territory. And it seems to be the only occasion in which Jesus' ministry took him outside the boundaries of Jewish territory. The whole passage foreshadows the going out of the gospel to the whole world as well as the faith of the Gentile world as compared to the unbelief. The Lord's withdrawal was deliberate. The preceding verses, the preceding clash with the Jewish authorities may have suggested the wisdom of a temporary withdrawal to Tyre and Sidon. Because no respecting Jew would follow Jesus and his disciples into the land of despised Gentiles. But Mark 7 and 24 tells us that Jesus could not keep his presence secret. For he was known in the entire region. Jesus was simply getting away with his disciples for some rest. And the scene opens with this dialogue, and behold, a woman of Cana, a descendant of Israel's ancient enemies. And this one, Canaan was, the Canaanites were ancient enemies of Israel because back in the day, Noah, Noah cur uh, cursed his grandson, Canaan. And Canaan, the son of Ham, lived a cursed life because he was conceived by incest. So Nola's curse of Canaan was not a misdirected anger, but simply recognition of cause and effect. And Canaan's tragic circumstances became a warning to others against following in Ham's wicked ways of seeing his father's nakedness. And Genesis presents an understandable origin of the conflict between the Jews and the Canaanites. And behold, a woman of Canaan came from the region and cried out to him, saying, Have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David. My daughter is severely demon-possessed. Now, to be demon-possessed meant that they, she had an unclean spirit. She was being harassed and tormented and troubled by an evil spirit. This woman had Satan living in her household. 
And the woman begins with a traditional cry of a beggar, have mercy on me. This woman had an urgent need. She, she needed some relief. No Xanax or any other type of psychotropic medication was going to help her. No day at the spa, no Mother's Day out would relieve her pain. She needed some help. She needed Jesus. So she reached out to Jesus across two barriers. The first being she is a woman. The second, Jesus is a man. You see, she was a Gentile seeking help from a Jew. Even today in the Middle East, men and women do not talk to strangers across gender barriers. Priests don't even talk to their own women out in public. But this woman needed some help. I remember when I was in Israel with with, with Christy, she told me and Miss Alfreda now, y'all can't be holding hands and touching each other when you, we go up here to the Dome of the Rock. And I looked at her like, wait a minute, now this is my wife. You know, I, hold tight. A mother will reach across any barriers to get help for her child. And that's what this woman did. She was at her wit's end, but she had knowledge of Jesus' compassion for all, be they Jew or Gentile, male or female. And she addresses Jesus with the title, Lord, and then she puts a rare Jewish title on the end of her address, Son of David, which means she and without the second title, then the word Lord could simply be translated as Sir. But she had enough faith to know that Jesus is Lord. For her to use this address, this combination of titles with Jesus, an itinerant Jewish teacher, is quite unexpected. The woman does not cry out, oh Lord, have mercy on my daughter, but rather have mercy on me. This was because her daughter was not able to feel what the mother was enduring. This woman was being tormented, harassed, troubled by an evil spirit. In the end, Jesus does not say, oh woman, your daughter is healed, but rather, let it be to you as you desire. But I'll get, that, get to that in a minute. Because this woman was in pain, yet there is nothing like a mother's love who is a caregiver for her children. And it was right there that I understood a little bit, a little something about what this woman was going through. Because when I went, met my wife, she was a caregiver for her grandmother and her mother at the same time. My wife was not even able to go to her own grandmother's funeral because 
her mother was in the hospital when her grandmother died. And we got married, and shortly after we got married, we ended up having to move her mother in with us. And so for some years, we were caregivers for my mother-in-law. And she lived with us until she died. And a few years later, my sister-in-law, my wife's sister, got sick. And we became caregivers for my sister-in-law. And when we would go to the grocery store, we had to have two baskets. And so when I bought one roll of toilet paper, I had to buy a second roll. And when I bought one pack of pork chops, I'm sorry, pork chops, <laughs> I had to get a second package of pork chops. Because we had two households that we had to take care of. And then some years later, my sister-in-law died, and then we became caregivers and caretakers for my 12-year-old nephew. And for the next seven years, I had daily conversations with the Lord. Lord, have mercy on me. And then of her rope. And she needed healing for herself. And Jesus' response is silence. Is it indifference? Is it rejection? Don't jump to conclusions. Because Jesus is dealing with the woman and educating his disciples at the same time. As for the woman, Jesus chose to give her a critical test. Your, your uh, faith will be tested. A tough exam is not a negative thing. It is not a put down. The man who, do you remember the man who laid at the pool of Bethesda for 38 years? Jesus asked him a question. Do you want to be healed? Can't you just see the man now? What do you think? <laughs> if the man is healed, Jesus wanted the man to understand this. If the man is healed, his livelihood would be stripped because no one would be willing to give to a healthy man. Jesus wants to know if you are ready for the new responsibility that comes with healing. So with Mormon's plea, he was no doubt seen by the disciples as acting in an appropriate manner. In fact, Jesus appears to endorse the disciples' view towards women and Gentiles. And the dialogue continues in verse 23, but he answered her not a word. And the disciples came and urged him, saying, send her away, for she's crying after us. Send her away. The disciples took their cue from Jesus' silence and petitioned Jesus to send the woman away. I got a friend, a homeless friend. I won't use his name. I'll just use his initials. Uh, B.S. Don't go there.
But BS went to TSU. Now notice I said he went to TSU. He did not enroll in a class. He did not register. He just went to class. He went so much and so often that the school went ahead and enrolled him and he got a degree. And B.S. used to come by my office at least once or twice a day. And it would drive my staff bananas. And every time they saw him coming, they would run to my office and say, B.S. is coming, do you want me to tell him you busy? And I said, no. Because when B.S. came, you knew that he had been there, <laughs> if you understand what I mean. But he was my friend. And he actually made a lot of sense. He had a lot of wisdom. If you could get beyond his riddles and his rhymes, because he spoke in riddles and make a rhyme every time. <laughs> but he liked me, and I liked him. And so I never told my staff to send them away. Because our true colors come out when we try to dismiss or get rid of people because they are bothering us. The disciples showed no compassion for her or sensitivity to her needs. Their test scores didn't look too good at this time. So is it possible to become so occupied with spiritual matters that we become oblivious to the needs of others? Instead of being annoyed, be aware of the opportunities around you and make every effort to look for ways to minister to others. Jesus is now irritated by the disciples' attitude regarding women and Gentiles, and he needed them to understand that God's word is for all people. Send her away, for she cries after us. They are bother bothered. They are annoyed. Do you have deep-rooted prejudices in your heart about people groups? Are you embarrassed to hear and see your deep prejudices verbalized or demonstrated? Do you need Jesus' help to help you understand that salvation is for everybody? Are you prepared for the depths of your courage and faith in Jesus to be exposed? This woman was. The dialogue continues in verse 24, but he answered and said, I was not sent except to the lost sheep of Israel. Jesus finally speaks to the woman. The woman's love for her daughter and her faith in him 
impress Jesus. Jesus uses the occasion to help her and challenge the deep-rooted prejudices in the hearts of his disciples. Jesus was simply telling the woman that Jews were to have the first opportunity to accept him as the Messiah because God wanted them to present the message of salvation to the rest of the world. Jesus' education of his disciples is subtle but yet very powerful. He does not lecture them about negative stereotypes. And if you're like me and I'm like you, we all have negative stereotypes and all about people. In fact, he appears to agree with them as if to say, I will make it clear to her that my healing ministry is only for Israel. And she will then have no choice but to leave. Would the woman catch the hint and leave? Was her concern for her child so deep and her confidence, her faith in Jesus' compassion and healing power so strong, so profound that she was going to ask him for help anyway? What did she have to lose? Then she said and worshiped him saying, Lord, help me. This woman's response is moving and magnificent. Her despised feeling of helplessness, her confidence in Jesus' ability to meet her need, her posture as she knelt and, and bowed down before Jesus on her knees and stayed in a bowed position and simply said, Lord, help me. Her words, Lord help me, is an attitude of a humble beggar. This was a lesson that disciples, this was the lesson that the disciples needed to learn. Because it takes a hard heart to not be moved by this woman's dramatic action and her simple words. But he answered her and said, it is not good to take the children's bread and throw it to the little dogs. Now Jesus breaks into this metaphorical language with many parables about children, crumbs, and little dogs. When Jesus uses a parable, he's about to open you up and force you to believe what you believe. Something's about to go down. Something is about to get blown up, as Christy would say. The Jews represents the children, and the Gentile woman represents the dogs or the outsiders. It is not fitting to deprive the Jews of help and death. Dogs was a term the Jewish community applied to the Gentiles because Jews considered these pagan people no more likely than dogs to receive God's blessing. Jesus was not degrading the woman by using this term. 
he was simply reflecting the Jewish attitude so as to contrast it with his own. We can be assured that the smile on Jesus' face and the compassion in his eyes rob the words, the insults, you know, that from its bitterness. And the woman did not take it that way. And she said, yes, Lord, yet even, not but, but yet even, the little dogs eat the crumbs which fall from their master's table. She's come to the end of her exam now. The woman did not get angry. She didn't cop an attitude. She was not offended. She just kept pressing on in her faith. She had faith that Jesus has the power of God to heal. In life's journey, you're going to get called a dog. You're going to get called some names. And if you haven't, just keep living. One of my favorite TV shows is Fred Sanford. And there's a character named Esther. And she constantly calls Fred, you old fish-eyed fool. People will drag your name through the mud, your character, your integrity, and run it in the ground. Satan will use any circumstance, any situation, any person, any place, or thing to destroy your faith, your belief in the Lord. But her powerful response reveals great faith and spiritual wisdom. Her great faith revealed her love for her daughter. Her great faith gave her confidence that Jesus has compassion for Gentiles. And her great faith in Jesus as master, as Lord, is so strong that she pressed on with her requests. But this Canaanite woman agreed to be considered a dog as long as she could receive God's blessing for her daughter. A mother will do anything to help her child. And she says, yes, Lord, I know that in your eyes we may appear as little dogs. And, and as little dogs, we deserve nothing. But the little dogs are thrown the little pieces of bread at the end of the meal. You are still my Lord. You are still my master. I know that you can heal, and I know that you have compassion for all people. Do you not have a crumb for my daughter? The disciples are watching. The disciples are listening. And her response gives a deadly blow to their carefully nurtured prejudices against women and Gentiles. The woman's faith is unforgettable. And Jesus answers and says to her, O woman, great 
is your faith. Let it be as you desire. The O before the woman makes it an emotional response to her trust in him. Her faith revealed a humble submission to God, to his will. And it expressed a confidence in the Messiah to do what only God can do. Yes, Jesus healed the little girl with words, and immediately she became well. And it was to the woman as she desired. So Strong Tower, what lessons can we learn from these passages of Scripture? We can be strong in our faith, Strong Tower. Don't waver, for we know that God is able. Press on towards the mark of the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. The Canaanite woman is blessed by God for her great faith. Faith will help you get through some hard times, some difficult circumstances, some difficult challenges. For it is impossible to please God without faith. Anyone who wants to come to him must believe that God exists and that he rewards those who sincerely seek him. True faith is the type of faith that touches God's heart. Do you have that kind of faith? I told you I wanted to put a pen in Hebrew right now because it was by faith that Abraham bought a more acceptable offering to God than Canaan. By faith, Enoch was taken up to heaven without dying. By faith, Mola built a large boat to save his family from the flood. By faith, Abraham obeyed when God called him to leave home. By faith, Sarah was able to have a child, though she was barren and was too old. By faith, Abraham offered Isaac as a sacrifice when God was testing him. By faith, Isaac promised blessing for the future of his sons, Jacob and Esau. It was by faith when Jacob, uh, when he was old and dying, blessed each of his sons, Joseph's sons, and bowed in worship as he leaned on his staff. By faith, Joseph, when he was about to die, said confidently that the people of Israel would leave Egypt. By faith, Moses' parents hid him for three months when he was born. By faith, the people of Israel went right through the Red Sea as though they were walking on dry ground. By faith, Israel marched around the city of Jericho seven days and the walls came crashing down. By faith, Rahab the prostitute was, uh, was not destroyed when the people in the city refused to obey God. How much more do I need to say, Strong Tower? Be strong in your faith. Be strong in your faith, family. Be strong in your faith. Be strong in your faith. 
have the type of faith that touches God's heart. And God will give you the desires of your heart. And all God's people said, be strong. Be strong in your faith. Amen.